You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. Hi, and welcome to The Blackest Questions, which is a trivia game show meant to teach us more about Black history. I'm your host, Dr. Christina Greer, politics editor at The Griot and associate professor of political science at Fordham University. In this podcast, we ask our guests some of the blackest questions so we can learn a little bit more about them and have some fun while we're doing it. We're also going to learn a lot about black history, past and present. So here's how this works. We have several rounds of questions about us, black history, the entire diaspora, current events, you name it. And with each round, the questions get a little tougher, and the guest has 10 seconds to answer. If they answer correctly, they'll receive one symbolic black fist and hear this. And if they get it wrong, they'll hear this. We still love them anyway. And after the trivia questions, there'll be a black bonus round just for fun. I like to call it Black Lightning. Our guest for this episode is comedian, actress, TV host, producer, author, and podcast host, Michelle Buteau. Michelle has been performing stand-up comedy for more than 20 years. Thank you, white girls be snapping. I love woke white people. Yes, this is my town hall. Thank you so much. Yes, let's get to the issues at hand. And you may also recognize her from her work in TV and film. She was a part of the hit movie, Always Be My Maybe, and the TV series, The First Wives Club. And most recently, she's been killing it on Netflix, hosting several reality shows, including The Circle and Barbecue Showdown. And last but certainly not least, her memoir, Survival of the Thickest, has turned into an eight-part series that was instantly a top pick on Netflix. Oh, it was so good. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us on The Blackest Questions. Are you ready to play? No, I am not ready to play. I don't play games. I have anxiety. My right jaw, like the right part of my jaw, I've been like clicking it. Like, you have to understand what kind of kid I was. I was like, like the one time I played basketball in school, I went like the wrong direction and got put in the wrong basket and everyone hated me. You know, like I couldn't do dodgeball, not with these two like big old dodgeballs on my chest. And so I am not the person you want on your team for trivia. And plus, as a tired mom in another country in a different time zone, every day feels like a panic room. Like every conversation is a bad game of celebrity where I'm like, what's the name of that? But who's the right. girl? It's charades. Well, Talking the- to you is like playing charades. Yes, but guess what? I'm just being honest, okay? Right. Well, let's here's go. The thing. But let's you go. You represent so many of our listeners who have anxiety about these games, but you combating your fears and you're going to be brilliant. I know it. I know it. I've seen your shows. I've read your book. Like, come on. Okay. Ready for question number one? Yes. Yes. Dr. Okay. This Grammy winner and Oscar-nominated actress, recording artist, and producer was the face of CoverGirl in the early 2000s. And her collection with them was one of the first times a mainstream cosmetic company created inclusive makeup. Can you name this woman? Oscar winner? Oscar-nominated actress, Grammy winner, recording artist, and producer. I'll give you a little hint. And a rapper. Oh, my God. I mean, it has to be Queen Latifah. Yes, you're right. You are correct. Okay. Oh, my God. I was like, you know, that I can you see my my butt clenching right now? All of our listeners But also, like, talk about beautiful multi-hyphenate, like an artist in every true sense of the word. 
family girl, like ride or die, just looks like a loyal person. Like she is and my drop vibe. dead gorgeous, by the way. Uh, like, ah, uh, is it I weird when take her... some of her face and put it on like bread, like the chill like, and eat it? She's like butter. She's on my my Mount Rushmore of like amazing black women because yes. she's done all this stuff. But yeah, I saw her at the opera two months ago, and yeah. when she came in, everyone just stopped and we just all watched her walk to her seat. And I was like, I thought you were going to say collaborate and listen. I was like, right. go ahead. <laughs> I was like, you've been flawless. Okay. Okay. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. Let me tell my audience a little bit more about Queen Latifah in case they've been living under a rock for the past 30 years. I just saw <laughs> Juice and she was amazing at it. So she first partnered with CoverGirl in 2001, creating the Queen Collection that included shades of makeup for black and brown women. Many brands then followed and she's considered a pioneer in this space pushing for brands to include cosmetics for darker skin tones. Last year, she announced she was partnering with the brand again and helped them launch their True Blend Liquid Foundation that includes more than 50 different shades. Queen Latifah is beyond impressive. She started out as a rapper and MC and is the first rapper, not just female rapper, but first rapper to get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. In the wow. early 1990s, she broke into acting, landing her iconic role as Khadijah in Living Single. Since then, she's been a part of more than 120 projects and even had her own talk show. So I know that you guys are both Jersey girls. Queen Latifah is also from Jersey. Mm -hmm. um, and she's really made a space for black women who don't typically fit in this this Hollywood beauty standard. Um, she's yeah. just been such a pioneer and a trailblazer. Tell our listeners a little bit more about your mission to do the same, because I think your Netflix show is beyond brilliant. I'm trying to grow my brand. I want to take fashion and dress women to help them love their bodies. And I think that it's an extension and a continuation of the hard work that Queen Latifah has done for so many years. I mean, what I do love about Queen Latifah, besides her living her truth, when I look at her, I see someone who loves what they do. And that's the most important. But, you know, she is not... Um, she is not this patriarchal standard of what beauty is, even like what society says a black woman should be, especially in the 80s and 90s, right? So, you know, to say that she is breaking down bar barriers is like not only for, you know, um, the business, but it's also um, for us, for us to love ourselves, for our bodies and that, we are worthy of love and, and flyness. And, you know, we don't just have to be the big friend in the group that's so, like just so can rap or, you know, like, oh, I got this little gay, like, oh, do that thing that you do. But like, you know, this girl's going to get all the flowers. Like, no, like she's out here living her truth. And so I, um, yeah, I, I just love Queen Latifah so much. And also it's like a what can't she do? You know what I mean? I'm Listen, like, she makes like me feel like, I mean, I, I yes. need to get up a little bit earlier. But first of all, Dana Lane, you name yourself queen so that we, we, I mean, and that's black folks, that's everyone, must yeah. sort of respect you from jump, right? Yes. And then I think you're so right because I feel like you're clicking on the heels and continuing this legacy. It's like, you're oh. not just a Thank comedian. You. you are, you're moving into TV and movie ventures you're hosting, you're writing. You know, I think about the power of Queen Latifah's talk show host. It wasn't, you know, on for decades, but the mm -hmm. types of guests she had on, you know, I mean, blending not just hip hop culture, but, you know, she's been in kind of 
black movies and white movies, if you will. Yes. You know, yes. and I think this this trailblazing that she's had um, is rewriting the rules. And tell our, our audience just a little bit more about what motivates you to rewrite the rules of not just Hollywood, but black womanhood and everything else. Um, You know... I it just every day, and this sounds so corny, but every day really is a gift. And so um, nothing is too small for me to get excited about. And so when I have friends who are like, I don't know if I should do this. It's only two lines. I don't know if I should do this. It's only like 20 minutes on a pot. I'm like, it doesn't matter how long it is, you know, just do what you do. Put your stank on it, you know, make it memorable, um, make it viral if you want. Like what you have the power. So go ahead and do it. And so um, that really is the place uh, I not only start from, but the place I live because I can't, I used to drive myself crazy predicting the future to try and look out for why I was always upset. I was always pivoting. I was always like just driving myself crazy. But the way I look at my career and my artistry is also like how I am married, like Every day is a real venture. And ah. the fact that I still want to do it and work on it, that's all that matters. And so that's what it is. Right. Staying in the present and moving towards the future. I love it. I'm here with Michelle Buteau, who is killing it, by the way, on The Blackest Questions, one for one. Are you ready for question number two? No. Okay. Well, we're doing it because you're brave and you're bold. Okay. Question number two. With nearly 30 million downloads, this award-winning podcast dedicated to mental wellness is considered one of the most successful podcasts in history, especially for the Black community. What is the name of the podcast? I don't know. Okay. The answer is Therapy for Black Girls. It started out as a blog from psychologist Dr. Joy Harden Bradford and became a podcast six years ago. It now has more than 300 episodes and has listeners in 196 countries. Dr. Joy says her goal is to destigmatize mental illness and encourage self-care in the Black community. And Dr. Joy's online platform also helps link people to thousands of mental health professionals across the world. So again, it's called Therapy for Black Girls Podcast. And I know you joke about therapy in your stand-up, but I know you're also a big supporter of therapy. So yes. what's your advice to some of our listeners out there who may be listening to this and, and thinking, why did you know therapy? that answer? <laughs> no, no, right. <laughs> but you know, it's like, I'm a huge proponent of, of therapy. I'm a huge proponent of black people in therapy. Yeah. So for yes. our listeners, what would you tell them if they're thinking about therapy, but they just haven't acted on it just yet? Um, You know, first of all, 196 countries is amazing because Netflix is in 190 countries. So to be that global is like, bless up. Um, that is, you are really doing Yahweh's work there. Um, but, you know, if you are uncertain or scared of a situation, that is okay. All you have to do is say that, you know. Um, if it doesn't work out for you, if you don't vibe with the person, it's like going out on a date. Like, you know, this isn't a tattoo. You're not necessarily going to get it right the first time. For me, it took me a while to find the right therapist. And even then, sometimes I feel like we did what we need to do and I'm going to go. And I feel like um, even learning how to talk to your therapist is something, you know, that we have to figure out as 
well. I'm such a people pleaser. Sometimes I'm going to tell my therapist what she wants to hear. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm doing that thing again. And so, you know, don't be afraid of holding that ugly mirror up to yourself because it's only going to make you better. So do that. And I will say, you know, working in a lot of different spaces uh, in the industry, um, I can tell when someone's been therapized. Woo, Joe. Uh, Talk about it. You know, and I want to continue working with them because, you know, what I didn't realize is how much trauma we bring from other jobs to the new job. You know, when we think about trauma, we think about like relationships, but we're just out existing in this space and we bring it with us. We don't even know. So like what I will say is it will only help you give you the tools to be the the best self you want to be. I'm not saying this is like take a pill and it happens overnight. You know, I think you you use the word that I always use, which is tools. Like we carry around a toolbox so that when different scenarios come up, we actually yes. know which tool to use to navigate through that scenario. But I yes. also tell people who are curious, I'm like, listen, therapists are like hairdressers. Just because they did a great job with your friend's hair and her texture doesn't necessarily mean that it's for you. And also therapists can be like rabbit's feet where it's like sometimes they cut, the luck like, runs out. So it's like you have a therapist for a particular moment in time. Maybe you're going through a divorce or a, yes. a grieving a death or loss of a job. And that therapist is really good at like, you shall get yourself together. And then sometimes at a different point in your life, you need a therapist who's like, mm-hmm, I'm just listening, Michelle. You know, like we, yes. we need a different therapist for sometimes different waves that we're in. So for anyone who's interested, I would say if you're interested, then just take the leap and act on it. Which leads me to talking about your podcast, Adulting, which you co-host with Jordan Carlos. Mm-hmm. And it's produced by Exactly Right Media. So tell us a little bit more about adulting and why you chose this topic as your focus. Well, you know, Jordan is a really good friend and we do just a crazy amount of stuff. Like, you know, running the streets, doing stand up, just hustling and also trying to be in a loving relationship with our partners and raise kids in New York. And so... You know, we were just talking, 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 talking about all the crazy things that happened to us. And I'm like, why don't we just like put this on the stage? Because there's stories and there's lessons and there's advice, but it doesn't fit like in a straight up stand up space. So it's like, why not just do this and see what happens? The vocabulary is be selfish. Yeah. Because I have been taught my whole life not to be selfish. Like when you grow up Catholic, it's these things that have been ingrained into me. Like even being high in public, I feel guilty. Like I'm not supposed Mm. to be high. Don't tell people you're high because my whole life, Mm -hmm. get high behind the building and don't tell nobody. You have to act not high. So originally it was a live show that we did in Brooklyn at Union Hall. Shout out to Brooklyn. And and we, uh, and we would donate part of the proceeds to some sort of organization uh, whether it's uh, Black Lives Matter or the Trevor Project or Planned Parenthood or anything that, you know, felt important to us. And um, it was weird because it just felt so good. Like, it was very, it was just rare to, like, every time do this show with a friend and an audience, like, everyone left feeling solid and whole and, like, replenished. I'm like, that's crazy. Um, like this is really a shared experience. So like 
yeah, when people started approaching us and saying, you know, can this be a podcast? I'm like, I don't really know if this should be a podcast because this, the great part about it is that this is like a little dark room in the middle of nowhere. And so we can really just like have this safe space. But um, when Jordan and I were talking about it, it's just like, well, wow, like we have such a big community of people that, that we can talk to and we still have things we have to talk about. What about those people that live, you know, hours and hours away from an airport? You know, they're just, they have no one to talk to. So we're just like, let's just see. Let's just, you know, mess around and see what happens. And so I'm, I'm so glad we did because the messages that I've gotten, it's just like, I never, ever need to read another like TV or film review. Cause I'm just like, don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> These right. are the reviews that really, really matter. Right. I love that. And I, you know, we've had Cedric the Entertainer and Anthony Anderson on, you know, talking about also doing projects with friends, which is so important because, as you said, you know, as people bring kind of old business into a new business, it's so comforting sometimes yeah. to work on a project with someone that you know, love and trust. And yes. move forward. We're going to take a quick commercial break. I'm with the multi-hyphenate Michelle Buteau talking about all things therapy and podcasts and books and TV shows. We will be right back. You're listening to The Blackest Question. I'm Torre. Join us for crazy true stories about stars who I really hung out with, like Snoop, Jay-Z, Prince, Kanye, and the time I got kidnapped by Suge Knight. Don't miss my animated series, Star Stories with Torre, from the Griot Black Podcast Network. And we're back. I'm with the multi-hyphenate Michelle Buteau talking about all the things she's doing incredibly well on The Blackest Questions. Are you ready for question number three? No. Yes, yes you are. I believe in you. I believe. <laughs> Despite what we were taught for generations, Christopher Columbus did not discover America. The Native Americans were already here. The same is true for this Caribbean island that Columbus visited in 1492. He was the first European to visit the island, and he claimed it for Spain. Over the next several hundred years, the island became a crucial part of Black history. Can you name this island? And if you do not name it, I think your mother will have a fit. I think my father will have a fit, no? I think your mother will have a fit. Oh, my mom was going to have a fit. Oh, my God. Okay, is it Jamaica? It is Jamaica. <laughs> I was just trying to help. You... Really? Because, like, look, so people might. Okay. Right. Because, look. Then, okay, I'll shut up. I'll be quiet. So, let me just tell our listeners. Yes. So, a lot of people, I think, would think it's While Haiti. you tell them, should I see myself out? No, no, you're going to stay with me because we still haven't gotten to Black Lightning, which I'm super excited about. Um, oh, no. Okay. So, it's Jamaica. The first Jamaicans were Taino Indians who settled in Jamaica around 600 AD and lived peacefully for almost 900 years until Columbus arrived. The Tainos were wiped out within 50 years of the Spanish conquest. The Arawak language spoken by the Tainos survives in many words, such as hammock, hurricane, tobacco, barbecue, and canoe. The word Jamaica also derives from the Arawak language, meaning land of wood and water. So I know that your mother is Jamaican and your father is mm. Haitian. Mm -hmm. And so how do you see their cultures coming into not just your work, but impacting your life? And have you spent time in Jamaica or Haiti? Um, well, 
I can't speak for everyone, but I always feel like you're more of what your mom is. And so I have been going to Jamaica every year since I was three weeks old. Um, my Haitian family, most of them have migrated. And so I've always wanted to go to Haiti. I've never been. Um, and I want, like the few times I did want to go, my dad's like, it's like one of those things, you know, when he came in the 60s and tried to assimilate, he's just like, why yes. do you want to go back to build toilets with white people? I'm like, it ain't that deep, but it is for him. Um, so, you know, it's all the things, you know, like I, I, I love being Caribbean. It, it explains a lot about me and how, um, my zest for life and, um, community and, uh, you know, seeing friends and, and like strangers as chosen family in a village, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. Jamaicans definitely, uh, adopt everybody, everybody's auntie and uncle and uh work ethic i mean yeah i don't Mm -hmm. mind working all day if it's uh, if i'm doing something i love even if it's something i don't like you know right i have pride so yeah oh i Um, love i love that you have pride (laughs) i feel like people don't use that word enough i really don't you have pride you can tell that you can tell that though in your work yeah you went to a restaurant and you're like this chef does not like his job you know how i can always tell the salad you gave me these these mescaline greens that are from the bottom of the tin. You didn't care. Oof. Oof. Like, you Oof. Can, like, you didn't care. Speak um, on it. I don't want a soggy bottom. I don't want a soggy bottom. Okay, so we're going to play Black Lightning really quickly. Okay. That means these two chatty Cathy's have to just, these are the Let's first thing go. that comes to your mind. There's no right or wrong answer. Okay. okay. You ready for Black Lightning? Yes, ma'am. Okay. What reality TV show could you not live without? 90 Day Fiance. What's an item of clothing or style you hate to wear? Uh, Brazilian uh, bootcut jeans. How dare you? How dare you? I was going to say a bra, but that's a whole nother thing. Okay. High heels or flats? Ooh, I say a kitten in between. Come on, don't give Ooh. up. <laughs> okay, get me out. Best thing about being a mom? Ooh, I don't have time for people's bullshit. Mm, love it. Favorite comedian as a kid? Oh my goodness. Um. Oh my goodness, Joan Rivers. Oh my God, that's fine. I have her desk. I have her desk. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I I I literally found my kindred spirit online. Everybody knows (laughs) this. Okay. (laughs) Who's your favorite comedian now? Uh, Too many to count. Okay. One food item you can't get enough of. Oh my God. I don't know. That's so crazy. Okay. I, Think I, about I, it. I, yeah. I love a right. green juice. I don't know. Okay. Champagne. Ooh. Is that a fruit I just item? Got a, I just got a juicer and it totally is because it's grapes. So therefore it's fruit. Okay. <laughs> last question. You can have dinner with anyone dead or alive. Who are you sitting down with? <sighs> My grandma Mavis. Mm. Oh, I love that. I want to thank you so much for playing along with us. Make sure you follow Michelle's projects so you can keep up with all of her work and check out our podcast, Adulting with Michelle Buteau and Jordan Carlos, produced by Exactly Right Media, wherever you get your podcasts. Obviously, check out all of her other projects as well. I want to thank you all for listening to The Blackest Questions. This show is produced by Sasha Armstrong and Jeffrey Trudeau, and Regina Griffin is our director of podcasts. If you like what you heard, subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can find more on the Griot Black Podcast Network on the Griot app website and YouTube. I want to thank Michelle Buteau again. What a fun, fun episode. Yay! Thank you! Woo! We did it! 
I'm Torre. Join us for crazy true stories about stars who I really hung out with, like Snoop, Jay-Z, Prince, Kanye, and the time I got kidnapped by Suge Knight. Don't miss my animated series, Star Stories with Torre, from the Griot Black Podcast Network. 